You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind-the-scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to session 10. I am as always so happy for you to be here and to listen. I think that Allie has just been giving us so many gems and so many lessons this season. I know so many of you feel the same and this episode is absolutely no different. No matter where you're at in business, I think you're going to really resonate with this one and just have so much permission for yourself through it and so many new ways to think about things as well. So I hope this episode really serves you. And again, thank you to Allie for always being so transparent with us so that we can get so much out of it. Awesome. How you doing? I am good. How are you? Good, good. You want to give me a little update? Oh, you know, all the things, all the feelings, (laughs) all (laughs) the things I want to run away from. All things, all feelings. (laughs) Yeah, you know. So yeah, I mean, it's been a it's been a week, but Mm -hmm, this week mm -hmm. is starting out good. So we'll just keep going. Okay. Want to say a little bit more about that? (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, you know, I am a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And I have a really hard time if I feel like I've let somebody down. Mm-hmm. And then I let that build into, well, I must be horrible and I let everybody down. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so as I talked to you about in base camp, I had a client who has just been upset throughout the entire process. And it's just been really hard because I feel like, I'm doing everything I can to make it easier, to offer guidance, but I don't ever get direct feedback or clear communication on how to move forward with things. And then, then of course, I feel like, well, my process sucks, or I'm sucking, or what am I doing wrong, or, you know, like all of the things. And then to be told that she's frustrated just outright, you know, which I like people to be clear. That's great. But, you know, led to a lot of feelings. (laughs) So, yeah, then I, it was just a a rut that, I don't know, it it just sucked. Yeah, I mean, I think what what came up for me is I feel like in that, though, you felt like you had done everything. And obviously, she wasn't happy. And so I feel like, um, you know, what's kind of helpful to see there and what I want to continue coming back to is so like if I know that like I couldn't have made this any different then why am I also going to decide that I suck and I suck in every other way does that make sense it does and you know like at first I was I was doing good like it was kind of an all-week thing so you know it was a daily reminder of something going wrong but then I'm working on with so many other amazing clients that are loving the process and we're whipping through everything, no matter how mm-hmm, busy mm-hmm. I am and it's all still going so great. But then I let this one, just one, right. really eat at me. And the first few times, like emails came in, I was like, it's okay, just sit and feel it. And then the last one where I, I kept 
I, I don't know. Like I, I felt like I kept trying to explain and I'm working hard, very hard on not apologizing for everything. <laughs> so I didn't ever want to be like, I'm sorry. Or, you know, like I, cause I, I just want to provide information and then let you form an opinion or make a choice based on what I think is best practice out of what you're asking. And yeah, like I knew that I had gone above and beyond. It was almost turning into coaching, which, you know, I don't want to get into. Mm-hmm. So I knew that and I felt that way, but I think it's just still like hearing the words, even though I was reading them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just hit a little bit harder that I couldn't just sidestep it and then only remember the good, which is stupid. Like the good outweighs the one so by far and then yes you know I had to write you because then I felt like oh my god now I'm annoying Lacey Lacey has a million clients that are killing it and here I am with an annoying little a client doesn't like me right now (laughs) well yeah listen I think what what is really helpful to see here and the thing I want to keep reflecting to is that like it's almost like you kind of have to pick what you want to be true versus like almost wondering sometimes, right? Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I know that like we've talked about how like you feel like you really want people to be straightforward so you can know, but then when they are, you're like, oh, but that means it's really bad. Do you know what I mean? Or like uh, with me, it's like I can tell you a million times it's totally fine. That's what I'm here for. But like you have to decide if you're the one that believes that or not. Right. Right. So I think it's just helpful to see that there are like all these traps our brains create where it's like, well, it would be better if someone did this and then they do it and it actually feels worse. Or like it would be better if I knew Lacey wasn't mad at me, but then I say I'm not. And it's like then the brain's like, well, yeah, but is that even true? Like, right. And so it's just like we can get into all these traps and the only way out is kind of like, what am I going to decide is true here? Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So it's really interesting here how our brains create all of these traps that we can get so stuck in, right? But we still get to decide what we want to be true, even if one piece of evidence suggests otherwise. So that's what Allie really gets to decide here, right? You can have, you know, 15 very, very happy clients, but if you have one client that's struggling in the process, you can decide what that means. Like, you get to decide, well, like, I have 15 happy clients. Let me just support her through this process. Or you get to decide, oh my God, that means everything's wrong. But it still is that decision. It is that fork in the road of what you're going to make it mean. And so it's really important to remember that these are just the traps that happen versus the actual reality because it feels like reality in our brain, right? Like it feels like, oh my God, the reality is everything about this sucks. But the truth, truth is that you fully get to decide. So just seeing it in someone else can be so helpful because it can show you where you're doing it because so many of us listening to this can see, well, like, of course, everything else is working out really well, but when it's you, it's so much harder. And so I hope this just provides you that little reflection to remember that even if your brain is trying to get you stuck in an old pattern or an old trap, you still get to decide what's true for you there. So, so what comes up for you? (laughs) It doesn't make it easier in the moment. Like, I know those things and I can tell myself that, but I still, the moment just sucked and I couldn't get out of it right away. And I I know that that's going to take work and I know it's going to be 
doing the actions every single time. So why is it bad that the moment sucked? Like, are we making that wrong? Or what do you, why do you think that that's like the first thing that feels present? <laughs> Did you have to ask that? You know, I make everything wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Like, yes, I want people to clearly communicate, but can't they only tell me good things? <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, right. I mean, and I know that that's not possible. And it's not that I don't want people to tell me like what they need. That's fine. It, and it has nothing to do with. I, I don't know. It just, it made me feel like I gave a poor service and I could have done better. And the perfectionist, the people pleaser, like it was just hard. But what I really want you to see here too is that like, it made me feel like versus I can decide I did everything I could. Right. And I can decide that. I just don't mm-hmm. know how to get to the other part out of my mind other than continuing to try to practice it or I mean well I think it's just not making it a problem that it's there does that make sense so it's like I know I did everything right I still feel crappy in this moment but like there's nothing to do other than be like I'm still good like I did my best I'm really proud of how I showed up here and kind of walk myself through that versus like what I think is maybe happening and you tell me if this feels true. It's like, but if that were true, then I wouldn't have to feel bad. And both can be true. Like I can have done everything and I can still feel like, oh, but it kind of sucks in this moment. It's when I start being like, and that means I suck even more that like I get out of that decision and go into a rabbit hole. Right. So I feel like it's kind of holding that dichotomy of I still didn't do anything wrong and I'm allowed to feel upset and both can be true here versus if I didn't do anything wrong, then I'm not allowed to be upset. So I must have done something wrong. Right. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. And that's what I do. I mean, I know the facts, but I just, I've always jumped to worst case scenarios. So then I put myself in doing more things wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. And even if like, even if you like need to cry it out or get it out in that moment or just let yourself feel really upset, it's still just kind of doing the brain reprogramming of like, I'm allowed to be upset without it meaning that I did something wrong, right? Yeah. I'm allowed to feel all of this stuff and still feel like I did the best that I could. Yeah. Does that feel possible to lock into or is that the part that we kind of can't seem to to get there? Well, here's the thing. It's not like I upset people that often. So it's not like I get to sit with these people all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I can say yes, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can say that, yes, I'm going to commit to that and I want to try mm-hmm. it. But, God, I hope I don't piss somebody off again. <laughs> you know, like. What would be bad if you did piss them off? Like, what if this happens again next week? It doesn't happen that often for me. So, God, that would make me feel even shittier. Yeah. So I'm going to say this, and I feel like you're going to think that you have to have a certain answer here, but I want you to just tell me whatever is the true answer, okay? Sure. (laughs) But, like, even if it happened next week, could you still decide that you were still getting it right? Yes. (laughs) I can decide that, yes. I need my brain to get on board, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it almost seems like, and you tell me if this feels true, but it's like my brain 
is telling me, I'm not allowed to decide that unless I have 100% evidence that said it's true. But, like, what if I just decided that because it's what feels best? Yeah. Right. Right. So, like, in this moment, I could be like, I'm a terrible coach because my client is very upset. (laughs) I would just, I'm just not, never going to decide that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So is that possible for you too, even if it happened next week? Even if you come back to this coaching session next week and you're still upset, I'm still going to decide I'm a good coach. Because you are. <laughs> but yes. Okay. So why is that true here but not for you? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Am I different? Am I, is it different for me? Is it different because I'm a coach? Is it like, what's the, what it feels like the, yeah, but (laughs) answer. I honestly don't know. Like, I don't know why I can't just say Mm -hmm. it and decide it and feel it and live it. Mm -hmm. Because. Well, it doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean you don't have to keep reinforcing it, but you see the difference there, right? It's the difference between I can decide it because I currently have evidence that says it's true, or I can decide it even if one piece of evidence is suggesting otherwise. Yeah. Right? So it doesn't mean it's not hard in the moment still or that you don't have to work on reinforcing it, but it's giving yourself the permission to do it anyway, the permission to decide that you're going to think that anyway, versus, well, I only have permission to think that when everyone is happy. Right. Does that make sense? It does. So even if it happened next week, I could still decide that I'm awesome. Even if it happened the week after. Right? Like, I could still decide and be okay. Yeah. Do you see how important that is to reinforce? Where for you, it's more like, well, worst case scenario is it happens next week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So then what do we do? We get back into people pleasing and doing all the things to make sure that doesn't happen. Yep. Versus if it happened next week, it would probably suck again, but I would still be okay. Right? Yeah. Then I don't have to change my actions. I just get to keep playing with the emotions and the decision. Does that make sense? It does. And that's exactly what I did because I worked way too much again this weekend even though I was trying to like pull back some Mm -hmm. because I wanted to people please and go above and beyond for everybody else that was happy to keep them that way and yeah so is that the part that needs to shift maybe it's just being like I don't have to fix this by taking all the action yeah so what would that look like this week like if that's not how you were going to fix it what would be different I just stick to my schedule. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. I stop being on my laptop and in my office all the time, Mm -hmm. which I'm almost, the light is at the end of the tunnel. It's almost there. (laughs) Right. And what's helpful to see there is like, we almost need our actions to reinforce our decisions. So they actually feel like decisions, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm deciding I did nothing wrong and I don't have to fix everything for everyone, then I have to kind of act in accordance with that. So my brain starts to believe it more. Does that make sense? It does. 
So decision, it's still all good. It's just one client who is struggling with things that I can't potentially help her with as a designer. Right? Yes. And I think that that's, that's the part that kills me is that I want them to be so happy. And I've talked about to you about this before is that I want their website and I put so much pressure on it being successful. But unless, unless they have a very good grasp on like how they want to separate their services or how they want to present that, like I can design it and I can make it presented beautifully. But I don't know the balance of like, what is website strategy and what is business coaching, if, if that makes sense. Well, what comes up for me is that notice how that feels very like final, <laughs> so to speak, meaning like it's like this one way their services are presented and it's like our one shot almost, right? Versus like I every business owner I know started with one iteration of how they have their services presented on a website that has evolved significantly over time. Right. So I think for you, it's almost like how can we get them to where it's, you know, like to the best of their knowledge right now versus like what would be like the best thing forever, because that's always going to change. And that doesn't make you a bad designer. It just means they're an evolving business owner. Does that make sense? It does. And I I don't think that I clearly communicated that because I know that everybody's packages are going to change and grow and shift. Mm -hmm. I think to me, it's more of, I don't even know how to explain it. I don't know. (laughs) Well, listen, let me say it to you like this. I, I don't know anyone who's putting themselves out there and putting services and a website out there that doesn't have, shit that comes up when they're doing that, right? Right. It's intense. It pulls up whatever our stuff is. Just like she's pulling up your people-pleasing, this process is probably pulling up some of her stuff, whatever that is, perfectionist or otherwise, right? Yeah. Fear around getting visible, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's kind of like both, right? It's like, can I understand and be super compassionate for that, but also know that I can't fix all of it? Just like I can be super compassionate that you're feeling so much intensity around this right now, but I can't necessarily make it go away in this this next five minutes, right? Right. So I think it's kind of like that. Like you can be like, hey, I get that this process is really challenging. I get that a lot of stuff comes up for a lot of people. We get to have you just decide here and then – you know, do the best we can kind of thing, but like you not feeling the responsibility to make it so they don't feel any way about launching right. the site. Does that make sense? Okay. Mm. That That's what I do. Like I try to fix everything so much that, and it's all, it always comes up for the service page. I mean, that's where it always comes up. And I think it's just, it is sometimes a struggle on the other end because it is hard like to lay out your services and know exactly what you want to share and what you don't want to share and what's too much and what's not. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand exactly how challenging that is. And you're right. Like I, I can't put it all on me. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's just not something like 
that's not like what they're buying from you. It's not something you can fix kind of thing, right? It's just like, for example, I mean, this is just another example, but it's like, you know, my OBM isn't going to be able to fix if I'm like having a shitty uh, week in business where I feel bad about myself. It doesn't mean she's doing a bad job as an OBM, but like she might not be able to fix like whatever is triggering me that week in business. That's not really her job that I hired her for. <laughs> right. You know, so I think you just have to see it as like they're allowed to be where they're at and I can have compassion and understanding for that, but I can't fix it all. And so, you know, be again, it's dichotomy, right? But being able to have that both of like, I can totally like throw you a lot of love and understanding in it. There's just like, I'm not going to be able to take that away Yeah, is where we can meet them. Does that make sense? It does. This is one thing I am just so committed to people understanding, which is that your clients are going to have feelings and we have to lean into the dichotomy of love and understanding for those feelings without having to own or fix it all, right? All of my clients are going to have different feelings at different times depending on a variety of things that sometimes have absolutely nothing to do with business, to be honest, right? And I can give them so much love and understanding and compassion and acceptance for that. And I can't own or fix all of that. Same thing with Allie, right? She's going to have so many people going through this process that have their own stuff and their own triggers and their own stories and their own life going on throughout it. And so while she can be very loving and understanding to that, she absolutely is never going to be able to own or fix it all enough that no one ever has a struggle or problem throughout it, right? And so the more we can realize that, the more it lets us extend grace both to ourselves and to others. And that's when the process just stops feeling so dang hard, right? Typically, if it's feeling so hard, it's because we're either not giving grace to ourselves or to others. And usually it's a combination of both. And so when we can both really give them grace and understand that we can't fix it all. And so by default, extend ourselves that grace, everything we do gets easier, whether you're delivering a done for you service, whether you're a coach, whether you are a combination of any of those things in business, it really doesn't matter. It's truly that idea of the dichotomy that you can both get where they're at without having to fix it. And when you realize that everything starts to get better and easier and your clients start to have a much better experience through the process too, even if they have those bumps in the road. It does. So then what does that look like in this situation? Like the current situation? Or Yeah, yeah. Like how, how can we just like phrase that? to her or how can you think about it for yourself in this situation? I don't know. I feel put on the spot. (laughs) Obviously I'm on the spot. I'm on a podcast. (laughs) Well, I don't know where you are in the conversation. I don't, I don't actually know the the answer because I don't know exactly where you're at in the conversation with her. So I don't know if it just looks like you need to say to her, like, I just get how hard this is and just want to like let you know, I get it and give you credit for like how you're moving through all of this. Like, let me know when you have your decisions made. I don't know if that's not the point in the conversation where you're at. and You just kind of need to frame that up in your head. It, it's totally up to you. I just think it's helpful to kind of decide, like, cool, how do I use this? No, and that is something, like, I haven't responded. She has sent additional emails over the mm-hmm. weekend mm-hmm. along with some some changes. 
but this is the last round of edits that is included. Mm-hmm. So I obviously, when I address it, I'm going to be compassionate of, I am, I don't want this to be hard. I don't want this to be frustrating. I understand what you're saying. I, I mean, right now, really all I can do is make the changes that she wants me to. Mm-hmm. I think what's most frustrating to me is that they're not clear and they're almost open-ended questions. So you need to go back to her for more clarity is what you're saying. Yeah. And that's where, that's where all of this started because I had gone back with clarity and questions and options to move forward. And then that's where this all stemmed. She thought that my questions were out of line and I wasn't following her changes. Um, there's, there's just been a struggle in communication. So obviously I want, I don't want her to feel that way. I don't want her to feel frustrated with how this is going. But I think right now, like all I can do is offer that compassion and make the changes that are listed and complete the project as best I can. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know if this is possible, but like if there's any way to almost like pre-communicate some of those. So like, you know, if she sends you back the answers, can you be like, cool, what I'm getting, like what I'm getting from you is X, X, X. I'm going to move forward with Y, Y, Y. Totally get that this is challenging in X, Y, Z way as someone that's trying to package their services and put them online. Let me know if this feels good. Like, I wonder if there's any way to just kind of like you over communicate what you're going to do before you do it so that you feel like you've put that all out on the table. Okay. Yeah. What do you think about that? that? I just never, I've never had to with a client before. So I, I think that that's where I felt like I wasn't communicating clearly. And then obviously there was just miscommunication everywhere. So, yeah, I mean, that would probably be best before I spend the time making right. these changes again. Totally. And, and again, I think it's just remembering, like, I, I feel like it, we can just get so rigid about a process, right, where it's like, well, I shouldn't have to, or if my process was good enough, then this, or if my process was good enough, no one would ever be a human <laughs> in it and would never struggle and would never have questions and I'd never have to, like, whatever, reinforce something. And I think it's just it's really about giving yourself that permission of like, okay, my process works most of the time. This particular person is having a struggle point. Like what's the easiest way for me to make this feel good to me? Well, the easiest way for it to feel good to me is if I reach out and like clarify this one more time before I spend the time, um, you know, building it out or, you know, that those little things were like, if I can just give myself permission to do that, because, the process is something that works, whatever, 98% of the time. But like in these certain cases, if I can make it easier on myself, I'm going to. That's where you win. If you feel like the, I know I don't, I know, I know I'm not doing well or I know my process doesn't work. If it doesn't work 100% of the time, that's where it gets really hard, right? Okay, so one thing I want to point out here is how much a rigid process can keep us trapped in business. So obviously we want to stick to our process and have good boundaries, but truly we can make adjustments to make things easier for us, right? 
Allie's tendency is kind of to get too into the perfectionist that she makes things so much harder for herself. But the whole point of having a process is to create ease in our business. And so if something about that process or something about that setup in a particular situation is making it way harder, we have to remember that we're the one who set it up and we always have permission to change it, right? So I think that's just so helpful to see because sometimes what can happen is that we feel very trapped within a process, forgetting that we're the ones that set it up, forgetting that we're the ones that can make adjustments as required to make things easier for ourselves. That is literally the benefit of having your own business and being the CEO and being in charge. So just watching that in your own business is something that I would love for you to take away from this is where is a process and boundaries really, really helpful for me? And then where does it, you know, potentially find that line of just seeing this thing I'm following because I think I'm supposed to be following it instead of doing that check-in to make sure that it's making things easier for me. And that, and like I said earlier, like that's not the case. And I mean, I told you this when I even sent the message, like I feel stupid even talking about it this long. Like I, I have so many amazing clients that are just so happy with everything and fun little thing. <laughs> Not to, to give you a hard time, but to give you a hard time, like this is where you get to shift it though, right? It's to be like, I'm allowed to talk about this for as long as I need to, because it's almost like when we get relief, then we're on to the next way to make ourselves wrong. Yeah. Right? Like you could talk about this for fucking Four, four sessions if you want to. If this oh is my thing, God, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. But you get what I mean, right? Yeah. Let yourself being in process be right because that's how you actually make the progress. If you make being in process and learning through it wrong, it's, it's really hard to make the progress. Sarah, Sarah and I were having a, a mindset conversation, uh, the other night and I said it's basically like washing a car and throwing dirt on it again (laughs) so it's like I'm going through this whole process I'm processing it I'm like noticing my people pleasing I'm trying to be uh you know so much more aware of that I'm trying to give myself grace but then now I'm going to throw dirt back on it by being like but I'm I'm fucked up that I should even have to (laughs) (laughs) yeah right you just wash the car don't throw dirt back on it I mean, that happened exactly this weekend. I just gave my dog a bath, and he went out and rolled in the mud. I hate it when they do that. And he's a white, fluffy little shit, so that was fun. (laughs) Yeah, so your job right now is to be like, I'm allowed to talk about this. This is allowed to be a thing. I'm allowed to process it, right? Doesn't mean, again, dichotomy doesn't mean that my other clients aren't still happy or doing well, but I can process this for as much as they need to. Okay, so I've been using this analogy quite a bit recently, which is don't throw dirt back on a washed car, (laughs) right? And this is what we're doing when we make a shift and then make ourselves wrong really quickly, or we, you know, take a step forward and then we're all of a sudden mad at ourselves again, or we have this aha like Allie's having of like not making herself wrong and then makes herself wrong for making herself wrong, right? It's like we wash the car, we make the shift, and then we get mad at ourselves and throw dirt back on it. And so I really just want you to remember that when you're in the process of changing any thought pattern or any pattern that you've set up in your business, it's going to look like a lot of forward, backward, forward, backward, but that's still progress, right? 
But if you think you're going to get it right 100% of the time, and then you beat yourself up every time you get it wrong, you're really just defeating the purpose. Okay? So think about the idea of throwing dirt on a washed car when you're doing that because you're like, well, why would I ever do that? That makes no sense. And so you can really apply it to why would I ever beat myself up all the time when I'm trying to stop beating myself up? Or, you know, why would I make myself wrong here when I did a really good job of shifting this very ingrained pattern? So just using that analogy to give yourself grace and give yourself permission as you go through a new process is super helpful. Okay, good. So no rigid process. You're just going to go back to her. Reinforce it, verify it, make sure it feels good for you to move forward and just keep offering that compassion really, right? For you and for her, compassion for her that this is tough, compassion for you that you have to deal with it being tough for her. <laughs> yes. And and it's so funny because it's almost like a two-way street. Like if you can give it to her, it's going to be easier to give it to yourself. And the more you give it to yourself, the easier it is to give to her, right? Mm-hmm. It is, yes. Anything else come up for you there? No. Are you sure? So for two weeks in a row now that I've cried on a stupid podcast. <laughs> Which is also not wrong. I know. Well, it's just, it's just business. Like, we all have it. I mean, I did give you full warning. I'm a fear of, feeler of all feels. <laughs> Yeah, your thing gets to be around clients. Someone else may cry on coaching sessions for a totally different reason. But again, it's it's we're all just having these human experiences and none of it's wrong, right? Yeah. Does that feel like it's landing? Should I just spend the, the rest of our sessions telling you nothing, none of it's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure you've told me that like five times in each session anyway. So whenever it sinks <laughs> in to me. <laughs> Good. Okay. Are you saying that to yourself every day? I obviously need to. Not doing yeah. it enough. Nothing has gone wrong here. Would be like a great, great, great affirmation, right? Yes. Nothing is wrong. Yep. When I say that in this moment, does that feel true? Like you just have a client you have to deal with. Nothing has gone wrong. Yes, and yeah, I'm not even going to say it. Yes, it does. Good. And so that's just your work this week as you continue to move through it is to tell yourself that story. And, you know, the we know this and this is where the work comes in, but, like, it truly is so much less the circumstance and so much more the story we're telling ourselves, right? Because you're telling yourself something has gone wrong and then you work all weekend to make sure nothing else goes wrong, right? Yeah. Or you can be like, nothing has gone wrong and then you get to to have your weekend like nothing has gone wrong. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been magical? Sounds too simple, but it's kind of a thing, right? Sure does, yes. Yeah. Kind of cool. Yeah. So I feel like it's, you're getting a lot of the mindset part locked in and now it's kind of getting the action piece of that locked in. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
and what you sent me in base camp, that will help. Because I, I just kept getting stuck of, like, what could I take for actions around this? I mean, mine, mm-hmm. mine wasn't a physical goal or, you know, like, it was just about feeling. So I didn't know. I kept just skirting by on it. Like, I wasn't really doing anything, but mm-hmm. what you shared with mm-hmm. me about, like, affirmations or just saying nice things to myself, like, that's what I need to really implement instead of pretending that I will. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think it's that. And I think it's actions that align with what I want to be true. So if I want it to be true that everything's fine, then I don't take actions that say everything's not fine by like whatever, trying to like overwork for everyone else. Right. So the action isn't necessarily even something that I'm going to like repeat every day or whatever, but it could just be like in that moment, if I want to believe like I'm a great designer, then I take actions aligned with that. Or if I want to know that like I did all I can and I'm good for the weekend, then I take actions aligned to that. You know what I mean? Yes. Yep. So we're doing the mindset work and now we add the actions that support it on top of it. Cause that's when it really starts to sink in. So I really, really want y'all to see here that the win is in doing the mindset work and then taking the action in alignment with what we want to be true. So it's almost like a two-step process. We have to do the work to start reprogramming our brains, but then we also have to take new action even when that hasn't fully solidified, right? So for example, Ali's next level is not enforcing the old thoughts with the same action. So there's really a huge, huge gap there in terms of being able to see the pattern and then being able to take action in alignment with what we actually want to be true instead. And I'm not saying it's the easiest, but I am saying that those are when the biggest wins come in. For example, when your brain tells you like, oh my gosh, don't go live, you'll look stupid and you go live anyway. Or, oh my gosh, don't say that, that client will be mad and you say it anyway. Like. Those little things are such tremendous wins that truly create that compound effect over time that creates a new pattern in your life. And so seeing every single one of those as a win when you can both do the mindset work and take action in alignment with what you want to be true and celebrating yourself for that is really going to give you monumental results over time. Feel good? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. You're in your week three of actions. <laughs> um, okay. So I know you wanted to talk about follow up. Um, you said you're getting so many more sales calls, but setting yourself up for all that with following up. Just give me a little rundown there. Yeah. So, I mean, when I was sharing my workflow process with you before, I had two follow up calls built or mm-hmm. emails built in that you were like, let's right. improvement or improve this later. So I'm just circling back since I'm building out that workflow and really getting all of like the canned emails written. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I would definitely say like, ultimately, um, with follow up, I think two things are true. One is I think at least five or more. But two, also personal follow-up really does make a big difference as well because you've had the call, so you have, like, the advantage of knowing a lot more about them than you probably did um, before the call. So what I mean by that is I think that we could certainly have those two to three canned kind of follow-up emails, but then is there a way for it to kind of prompt you to send some personal ones 
after that as well so that you're kind of getting the good mix of both. Does that make sense? Well, and within mine, like it's, yes, it's a canned email, but it's not just automated. Like I go in and I add personal parts okay. from the conversation. Got it. Okay, great. God knows that I wouldn't have something that I'd put extra work into. <laughs> I just really, like, my sales calls, like, it's so funny because I used to dread them and I hated them. And I even tried to build a process where I never had sales calls. And right. now it's almost like my favorite thing. And most of them last an hour at least. And, like, I have such a good time with my clients or potential clients on these calls that I love to bring that up in the emails. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you have the first two, but you go in and you, like, edit them drastically. Yes. To be personal is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, so then I would say let, let's add at least three more. Okay. Can you tell me anything in terms of what those are going to be? Can you tell me anything in terms of, like, what if someone – gets to that point is there usually like a sticking point that's keeping them from saying yes like when they're getting off the call are they usually giving you a specific time that they're going to follow up with you and like just give me a little bit more of an idea of what's happening on some of these calls um (laughs) no I don't have any feedback like that honestly most of them when I get off the call and I had told you before like I have a high booking or like success rate with my calls yeah um when I send the proposal most of them automatically just move through it I okay. have in the past couple months and that's because obviously I'm doing more calls um I have gotten I'm discussing it with a couple designers so that's when I like realized okay I really need to build this out instead of just being like yeah cool no problem get back to me with questions you know like <laughs> I don't want right. that um, so I, I hadn't really experienced that before, which is a good thing. I mean, not that talking to other designers is a bad thing either. I just knew that I wanted to focus on building that out since I will have a higher volume. Yeah. Or I have had a higher volume. Because I also won't be able to take everybody on either. <laughs> I know you're kind of, um kind of full right now so don't feel like you have to do that at this minute but two things come up for me there one is if you know that that's like one of the number one things you're hearing then even building something for that is really relevant so for example um if you know they're talking to other designers you might be like oh okay cool well I actually have like questions that I usually recommend that you ask um designers before hiring them would it be helpful if I sent that to you Okay. Right. So it's kind of like, how can I be like really helpful in that process? And how can I even frame that up? So, you know, like the question might be like, how, how simple is the process to go through? Or like, how long does it take? Or things like that that are like really relevant to your process. Right. Right. Yep. So if I know that that's a stumbling block for them, then I can make that easy. Cool. Let me help you actually think about like what you should be asking other designers. Would that be helpful? then you're really now, like, kind of top of mind for them in many ways because you're helping them not only with what you can do for their site, but, like, with navigating the process, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, obviously, again, I know you're busy, but, like, I think that would be pretty quick to 
to throw together, like even just a handful of quick questions on like a cute little template or something. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. That would be good. Personal resources. Okay. Um, and you see how that really helps you because then they're actually asking those other people the right questions that you probably have a great answer to. Yes. And it's probably something we already talked about. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me just write that down for you. Okay, great. So that's pretty much like the only objection that you ever hear. And then what happens? Like they usually follow backup or sometimes they don't, or just give me a little rundown there. Um, most of the time, if somebody doesn't book, even if they want to, it's just budget. Okay. And is that, um, is that ever something you kind of like speak to them around with objections or if they say budget, are you kind of just leaving it or what, what does that usually look like? No, I don't, I haven't ever tried to speak to those objections. Um, I used to, so here's a good one for you because boundaries are hard for me. <laughs> I used to create these custom packages to like fit within their budgets, right? Mm-hmm. And so that would be like, okay, well, maybe how about I design the homepage and do all of the building blocks for you and then you build out the rest of the pages or we could just do a template customization or, you know, like creating this package to bring it down. Mm-hmm. And this is totally my fault. But I realized why a lot of my timelines have gotten longer is because I didn't stick true to that. And I built a custom site for everybody. Mm. <laughs> Good job. <me. laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So I've learned that I don't really want to offer like, find a way to like customize yeah. that lower. First, I need to work on boundaries for myself before I add that in <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and know that I can stick with it. Yeah, totally. So you don't do that anymore, period, right? Well, you know, I didn't realize it until all of these custom websites that I'm designing right now and we're like knee deep in, I honestly am designing seven custom sites all at the same time right now. And I'm like, but these weren't all supposed to be custom. Right. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Totally my fault. So like, never I know that. But it's our answer, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. No, never again. <laughs> But basically what you're saying is that that was kind of how you handled objections. So you've never kind of had to handle them in a different way because you've always just been like, oh, I'll work within your budget, right? Yes. So what comes up for me there is that might be an email that is like, like what you may want to have is instead of just like a five series follow-up sequence is like an email depending on what they say. Okay. Right. So it's like I have the, you know, personal resource for if they say they're talking to other designers or I have an email about um, addressing budget objections, if that's coming up. So you have these things you can pick out, but can be like personally Mm -hmm. responsive to. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. I've said it before and I will say it again, but personalization is always the win, 
especially in follow-up, right? In sales in general. It is so powerful when someone feels seen, heard, and understood by you. And what can happen a lot of times in our sales process is that our people over and over again are needing the same thing. So we can create resources that are still very personalized, right? But that we can use with multiple clients in our sales process. And so finding that balance of, yes, you can create resources and you can make it personalized is really such a beautiful blend of something that gets easier and easier over time, but still really makes your potential clients feel seen, heard, and understood. So I would just think about that in your own business. Like what is the thing you're hearing all the time in sales, all the time on your sales calls that you can create resources for that you can then very personally help someone when they say that to you on a sales call and then really, really be able to show them how you can support them there. But again, make it easier for yourself because it's something you already have because you're hearing it all the time, right? Do you see how when you can blend those two together, sales could get so much easier and so much more fun and feel so much more personalized, which again, gives you the win is most likely to give you the conversion. So look at that in your own business and see what the potential is there for you because I promise that will make such a difference. So I think that would be just like a really good exercise of like, how can I write an email addressing the budget objection without it being, I'll just meet your budget. (laughs) Does that make sense? (laughs) Yes. And like, I almost want to hang my head. Like, I cannot believe I did that to myself. And Mm -hmm. wow, congrats to you. You paid for a template customization and you just got a full custom site. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of They're people got bonuses out, right? that they don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, good job, me. Again, not to make you wrong, but definitely to be like, oh, I can see how that was that thing playing out again. How do I act not in alignment with that anymore, right? Yes, absolutely. You know, when we can learn from it without making ourselves wrong for it, that's where we win. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. You know what's... <laughs> Oh, I'm just realizing this and noticing this. Like, I went in such a tailspin about a couple emails, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I never once got mad at myself about doing all of this extra work, building custom sites, <laughs> and not charging for it. <laughs> not once. That's funny. Yeah. Like, oh. um, mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm totally happy to sacrifice myself right yep yeah yep so that's kind of the new thing is how do I say no to those things but have an objection email where like I'm happy to speak to it but my answer is never going to be I'll just build it custom anyway Mm -hmm. (laughs) right yes right Mm -hmm. yes okay cool so can we have that as homework which is right write an email that you would respond to someone had price objections Mm -hmm. yes so good Mm -hmm. cool so we have we have the two canned ones we're going to have these that are potentially dependent on sort of what they you know what they bring to you or what they say they're struggling with otherwise i think you could just do a couple like kind of value-based but generic ones, like maybe it's, you know, sending them to a great 
video you've done or a podcast you've been on or something to kind of just warm them up. What do you think about that? Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a lot of video, obviously. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay. I can think about that. Have you been on any podcasts? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm on this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I've been on a couple, but um, I don't know if it's in alignment with what I do currently. So I'd have to go back and like okay. listen to them again. Yeah, I would just see like, you know, basically what we're just trying to do is send them a resource that warms them up to you is really my whole point there. Does that make sense? Right. And it could probably even be a blog post at the moment, couldn't it? Yep, totally. Anything where they okay. can just get to know you better and feel that connection with you, kind of, right? That might be easier for me to pull out right now. Okay, good. And then, you know, just check in ones, right? Like, checking in, like, seeing how it's going, if you're ready, that kind of stuff. So, we have ones where we're offering value. We have ones where we're addressing objections. We have ones where we're just checking in, like kind of hitting all of those markers. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, are you keeping track of all of them, right? I'm assuming that like all of your follow-ups are through your workflow process, like you're keeping track of each of them, staying on top of it is really just a matter of what are you saying? Um, yes. <laughs> They're in HoneyBook. I need to be better of, like, having it on my calendar to send them. Currently, I'm doing well with it, but if the volume continues to grow, then I really need to add this to a calendar process. (laughs) Can we have your VA do that? Um, Yes. So that's also why I wanted to um, get these canned emails set up that she can some of them that don't need the personalization I have her tagged in the workflow to start sending um okay but I don't have like the inquiry pre-booking process in that workflow so that's where I need to figure out like if I if I'm just going to activate that within HoneyBook or if I'm going to put that into ClickUp um yeah just I need to make a decision Well, it seems to me like you want it to be put, and you tell me if this is true, but you want it to be put in the place from which you would send the email, which is HoneyBook, yeah? Yeah, I just don't use, like, the workflow feature in there very often because I need a more robust calendar feature of it. Um, But I think for just the inquiry process, which I already have that set up, I just need to readdress it. that I can just activate that and only have those tasks pop up versus the whole workflow. Okay. Yeah. I know that doesn't make any sense to you. (laughs) Well, yeah, kind of not because I'm not in there, but what I would say is (laughs) to remember too, that like if, if you're not sure, like that's always something you can put your VA on too. Right. Yeah. Like, hey, can you see what it would look like to reactivate this process? What I'm looking for is this, this, and this. Can you go test it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I I don't do that. I feel like I need to get it set up right and then hand it over that you're right. Mm Mm-hmm. But you just don't have time to do that right now. And so then we have to go to the, like, next best alternative. 
right? Mm -hmm. Right. And remember, this is, speaking of being on action week, this is the action that's in alignment with what you want, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. That I don't have to self-sacrifice and work all weekend testing everything. I can just ask someone to do that for me. Yes. Isn't that cool? Sure is. Are you going to do it? Yeah, I can ask her, too. Okay, good. I mean, I'll still have to write the emails, but, yeah, she can get it set up. Right, and that's the point, right? It's like there is always going to be stuff that still has to be you. You're the one talking to the client. Obviously, you're going to have to add the personalization, stuff like that, right? But, like, what can she do to make it easier versus it always all being on you is the point we have to keep focusing on. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I have really gotten a lot better. Like I said, we had our call last week, and she brought so many amazing things to the table and had great ideas and was excited about what I had built out in ClickUp. So, yeah, I just need to actually start handing it over and get her going with it all. Totally. And you get to, you get to, like, I mean, I'm trying to say this in, like, uh, a nice way because you know what I mean, but, like, you get to put stuff on her, too. Like, it's, it's so the tendency to kind of be like, well, I have to get it perfect before I hand it over versus, like, I can just ask her to help me even if it's messy. I can ask yeah. her to help me clean it up if it's messy. I can ask her to help me figure something out if I need to, right? Yes. So that would be yep. a very good action. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> I will put that on my calendar. You know, what action should I take? Right. Mm. Cool. Okay, beautiful. So you're going to write just a couple of those other emails, pull a blog post, address the money objection. We'll add those in and then mostly you're going to just keep reminding yourself a lot, a lot, a lot that like you're doing it right and nothing has gone wrong and you can keep deciding you're doing it right even if someone's having a bad day or a hard time or any of those things, right? Yes, I'm doing it right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Silence. (laughs) Oh. Because I, I, I feel like I feel like we could say that a little more believably. <laughs> I will work on that. I'll come back to you next week. <laughs> Let me I'm get my seven right. days of practice in. Mm. I am doing it right. Yes, you're right. Yeah, I'm right. Feels fucking good when you say it like that, right? Mm. Yes, it does. Kind of just it like does. a little relief, and it made me smile. Yeah. And like, this is the whole point, right? It sounds so silly, but it's like when I say nice things to myself, it brings a little relief and it makes me smile. Yeah. Great. That's all I need. Like, I, like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes we make it um, like I'm, I need to have all of these other things. I need to make everyone else happy first. I need to do all of this stuff. And it's like, maybe I need to just to say some really nice shit to myself. I, I need to. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay, good. So that's your homework for this week. Say a ton of really nice shit to yourself and see what happens. (laughs) So I love ending on this note, but seriously, saying nice things to yourself is one of the most underrated exercises ever. (laughs) Okay. It sounds so cheesy, but it is truly transformative of your day-to-day, minute-to-minute life. 
Like, are you just speaking kindly to yourself in your brain? Are you just saying really nice things to yourself? Most of us aren't, and most of us, quite frankly, are not programmed to or trained to and did not grow up learning that, right? But I will tell you, like, one of the biggest things that has changed for me in my life is my internal dialogue and just how kind I am to myself, which makes it so much easier for me to show up in all of these ways. It's like, this is the perfect example. It's like why I can put all my coaching out on a podcast um, and not beat myself up about it the whole time. Like I had recorded uh, another solo episode right before this, for example, and I found my brain kind of wanting to go to like, oh, that really wasn't good. And you were kind of stumbling over your words. And I just stopped myself right away and was like, you are doing such a good job. You are putting out so much value into the world. Nobody is worried if you're stumbling over your words. You are showing up and serving your people. And I'm so proud of you. Right. And it sounds so cheesy, but like who else is going to say that to us? We have to say that to ourselves so often. Right. And I could have gone down that rabbit hole of how much it sucked and then re-recorded that episode. Or I could be like, babe, you are doing such a good job. Right. And I really work very hard every day to tell myself that what a good job I'm doing, how proud I am of myself, all of those kind of things. And when you do that day in and day out, day over day, like you really show up in the world in a completely different way. You show up in self-trust in a completely different way. So if you are not in the practice of just finding those really kind things to say to yourself, I would really challenge you to do it because it truly can make the biggest difference and the biggest impact. And it will probably feel so silly when you start it. And sometimes it will feel like you have to really reach for that thing. But, you know, think about like, what would you say to a friend if that was true? Like if one of my friends was like, oh, I feel like I totally screwed up this podcast episode. And I'd be like, oh my God, stop. It's one episode. You're doing amazing. Right? Why can't I turn that to myself? I totally can. And I can start doing that over and over and over again. And it will drastically change the quality of my life. And then how I show up and thus my results, right? So again, if you're not doing it, I highly recommend getting into the practice of it. If you've kind of slipped on it a little bit lately, hopefully this is your reminder, but please start saying nice things to yourself. It is so underrated and will be such an incredible change in your life. Okay. (laughs) I will try. I will give it my best. Yes. Yeah, totally. I'm going to do it. Yes. All day. Nice things to yourself. (laughs) It sounds crazy. I I literally do it all day. (laughs) All day. Every time I look in the mirror, I say something nice to myself. I'm going to work. Seems weird. Very effective. Very effective. Okay. Okay, good. Keep me posted. Follow up with her. Do that kind of reinforcement of making sure you understood and what you're going to get going on. And, you know, again, just compassion for her because it's hard and compassion for you because it's hard. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. All right. Yeah. We posted in base camp. Let me know how you're feeling and we will talk soon. Okie doke. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. 
What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset, strategy, and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alitoflife.com forward slash clients to sign up.